Welcome to Enterprise Radio, the signature show of the Enterprise Podcast Network, featuring some of the most prominent business professionals in the world today. And now your host, Eric Dye. This is Eric Dye, and once again, welcome to Enterprise Radio, part of EPN, the Enterprise Podcast Network. Today on the program, we're speaking with Mike Sullivan, the president and CEO of Loomis, the country's leading challenger brand advertising agency. For more than 30 years, he's helped some of the country's most successful companies build their brands. He's also the co-author of The Voice of the Underdog, How Challenger Brands Create Distinction by Thinking Culture First. And Mr. Sullivan, thanks so much for joining us here today on Enterprise Radio. Well, you're welcome. Looking forward to it, Eric. Hey, I certainly am as well, and I'm already intrigued by branding alone. So uh, this is definitely going to be of interest to me personally as well. Tell me, what is a challenger brand? Let's start there. Yeah, that's a good question. So if you think about a challenger brand, a lot of people think back to the old Avis. You know, we're number two, so we try harder. The classic uh, advertising stance around it, a challenger brand. Of course, they were they were taking on uh, back in the day. Uh, I think it was Hertz that they were trying to overtake. But you know, technically, a challenger brand is any brand that is not number one in the category. So any following brand is technically a challenger brand. But we like to think of it a little more imaginatively than than that. Um, really, true challenger brands, and you think about challenger brands like oh, Red Bull or Southwest Airlines or Chick-fil-A, they are really characterized by three different things. Uh, first of all, is that state of market. They're not number one. Um, so that, that sort of fuels a culture of ambition. The second thing, and this is very important that they're characterized by, is that they are striving to be the best at something or they are already the best at something. And so that fuels sort of a culture of commitment. And then the last thing is state of readiness. And this this really attends to leadership's willingness to embrace new modes of thinking. You know, uh, uh, breaking with convention, zigging when the category is zagging, that sort of thing. And there's all sorts of great examples that I can go into. Well, you've already helped in a big way to help us to get a better understanding on challenger brands and what it is. Why have you focused your agency exclusively on challenger brands? Uh, Get into that. Yeah, good question as well. So, you know, it's, it's interesting, Eric, in the advertising agency world, we are terrible at taking our own advice. And so uh, advertising agencies typically try to distinguish themselves and create uh, differentiation based on capabilities. But that is not a very effective way to differentiate yourself. And so about, uh, oh gosh, 15 years ago, I went out to a conference in Silicon Valley at the Yahoo uh, headquarters. And there was a guy named um, Mark Barden with Eat Big Fish, which is a great challenger uh, think tank, uh, doing a presentation to about 100 CEOs. And they were all in lean forward mode. And they all recognized themselves, as Mark was sort of describing what a challenger brand is, as challengers. And I thought to myself, my gosh, all we deal with as an agency are challenger brands. And so let's really embrace this mode of thinking and make it our own. And that's that's essentially how we adopted the positioning. And it's been super effective for us. You know, it's, it's helped us attract uh, employees who uh, are all about challenger branding and, and love the energy around challenger branding. And of course, our clients all regard themselves as challengers. And they, they really like our whole ethos, which is, you know, outthink, don't outspend the competition. Challengers really need to think differently. And, and that's what we're all about here at the Loomis Agency. Well, your response to that question certainly is inspiring, no doubt, and thanks for that. Now, do challenger brands have any advantages over category leaders? 
challenger brands definitely have advantages. You know, we like to think sometimes as leaders of smaller, smaller firms, smaller organizations, we think, geez, we're, we're outgunned, we're out-resourced, we're out uh, everything. You know, we don't have the, the, the resources that the leaders do. But what we do have is the ability to surprise the market. Um, a lot of times category leaders just aren't paying attention to challengers. You know, I, I promise you back in the day, American Airlines wasn't paying attention to this little real regional airline called Southwest Airlines, and look what they did. You know, Coca-Cola wasn't paying attention to Red Bull. Look what Red Bull did. They they single-handedly invented the energy drink category. Um, there's all sorts of examples like that. So challengers have the opportunity to surprise the the market. The other thing that challengers can do is that they can create culture and and and. Uh, organized culture much more effectively than than market leaders can and culture is so important for driving brand um, we talk a lot about that in the book you know why getting your culture right as an organization uh, is critical for creating the brand experience that you want downline for your customers and again you think of brands like chick-fil-a here you know their culture is critically important for driving the brand experience that they deliver on a daily basis. Uh, they're very particular about who they hire, how they train, how they operationalize that. And you can see that reflected in their values. And ultimately that pays off in the way they deliver their brand. And another thing that I like to say about brands is brands are what people think it's like to do business with you. That's, that's a real simple definition, but the way your brand makes people feel uh, is paramount. And of course, culture has everything to do with that. We talk a lot about that in the book. Really great to have you on to talk about Challenger Brands and uh, really appreciate the information shared so far today. We're speaking with Mr. Mike Sullivan. He is the president and CEO of Loomis, the country's leading Challenger brand advertising agency. He's also the co-author of The Voice of the Underdog, How Challenger Brands Create Distinction by Thinking Culture First here on Enterprise Radio, a part of VP and the Enterprise Podcast Network. Now, continuing on, if you don't mind, can you share a few of your favorite Challenger brands? Yeah, absolutely. And I've got a ton of them, Eric. Um, one of the Challenger brands that I'm really looking at right now, and I, I get a big kick out of it, is called Liquid Death. Liquid Death is a mountain beverage water brand. Okay, and so there are tons of brands in this space. Well, Liquid Death is, is sort of uh, marketing themselves as the antithesis to uh, the way the rest of the category does. So they're taking a very unconventional approach, starting with, of course, the name. So instead of selling beauty and peace and tranquility like all of their competitors, they're selling an aggressive approach for saving the world from plastic. So their their mantra is, you know, murder your thirst, you know, death to plastic. And they've really embraced sort of this, um, gosh, they're selling demons and, and uh, visuals that are sort of disturbing. But what they found is a niche audience inside the, be the, the beverage industry that it really appeals to. And so when these, these guys broke their campaign, uh, gosh, a couple of years ago now, uh, inside of a month, they had more uh, social followers than Aquafina had had amassed in uh, the entire ex time that that company had existed. So again, they're they're coming at it from uh, a very unconventional approach. Um, all of their marketing efforts are rooted in brand values, but they've flipped the entire category on its head, and they're doing something radically different. So they've got a great cult following, and it's expanding and growing. So that's one that I I always love to talk about. Of course, I love to talk about brands like Chick Fil A. And, you know, Trader Joe's. Trader Joe's is, again, the antithesis to the large grocery chain. They're hyper local. They manufacture a lot of their own foods. They're very much into their community. 
their their inequality and creativity. And that, again, starts with uh, the people that they hire, the way they come to market. And it's it's completely different from uh, some of the category leaders like Kroger, for example, uh, which is is trying to be all things to all people a lot. I think a key for challengers is to really understand who your audience is, get radically focused on them and be only for them and and be okay with saying no to the balance of the market. And that's something that I think challengers really need to understand is who you stand for and who you stand against, really. Good stuff there and great information. And also thanks for sharing some of your favorite challenger brands as well. Tell me, why is company culture so important for challenger brands? You've mentioned company culture quite a few times. Yeah, well, company culture, it either promotes all the right behaviors or all the wrong behaviors. So so what is culture? Culture is both spoken and unspoken rules of engagement in an organization. And while we like to focus on the spoken rules of engagement, it's really the unspoken tells and, and, and signals for how we need to behave inside an organization that really make all the difference. But again, if you go back and you look at a company like Chick-fil-A, uh, Drew and Kathy, back in the day, I was listening to an interview with him, and and the interviewers were really really perplexed by how well uh, Chick Fil A uh, performs with respect to service. They are always it's perennially the leader in service in the quick service restaurant industry. So that goes down to even even saying things like please and thank you at the drive-through window. Their employees are are just notoriously polite. And the interviewers in the in the uh, radio uh, broadcast asked Truett, uh, who since passed on, uh, you know, Truett, how do you get how do you train your people to say please and thank you? And his answer was just so simple. Uh, he said, we don't train people to say please and thank you. We hire people who say please and thank you. And so, again, starting with the, a, a template for the kind of team member that you want inside the organization, uh, getting really clear on your values, hiring to that. Uh, that informs all of the downline behavior that creates ultimately your brand experience. And so what I would say to leaders who are thinking about their brand, you know, think really hard about the kind of team member that you want in your environment uh, when you're you're considering how you want to support and build your brand. And in fact, in the book, we've got a, a chapter dedicated to that that subject. It's it's called you know why HR and marketing should share an office. We feel that strongly about it. Again, you're trying to create an experience for your customers, and that experience starts with the people who are uh, in charge of developing it, and that's your, your team. Yeah, and that makes total sense for sure. Lastly, what are some of the ways leaders can build a strong culture? Well, the first thing I'll say about that is that culture starts at the top and it's an inside job. Um, it, it really is down to uh, the CEO, the president, the executive team to get really clear on what their culture is all about, starting with your values, your vision, your mission, really understanding that stuff. And if you look at some of the companies that I've, I've talked about a minute ago, you can go out on the web and, and search, you know, uh, culture and values, Chick-fil-A, and you'll see a, a great example of how they've done that. Um, so, so you've got to model all the right behaviors, you've got to reward all the right behaviors, and you've got to be consistent uh, in your own uh, behaviors. Um, we talk about in the book, you know, cultivating environments um, that really exude, you know, what we talk about is safety, vulnerability, and purpose. And safety is kind of psychological safety. So, you know, hiring people and inviting them to bring their whole selves to work 
and honoring that, uh, creating an environment where that's possible. Being vulnerable as leaders, you know, we don't have all the answers. Um, sometimes we like to say we've got all the answers because we think we're supposed to have all the answers, but guess what? When you invite people into the conversation, uh, really wonderful things happen. So vulnerability is really important. And then ultimately purpose. You know, people want to know that they are contributing to something that is bigger than themselves or doing something interesting in the world. Uh, and that that fosters engagement. Um, and engagement is just so critically important uh, among the employee base. Something like 30% of all employees are actively engaged. Uh, which means that maybe 70% of all employees are not engaged. And that's something that I think leadership really needs to pay attention to and, and be honest uh, about, you know, are, are we creating the kind of engagement that we want? Um, because all of that um, helps build our brands. Mr. Sullivan, we can't thank you enough for joining us here today on Enterprise Radio and for what you do on behalf of Loomis, which is the country's leading challenger brand advertising agency. Where can listeners get further information on Loomis as well as your book, the voice of the underdog. Okay, well, the book is uh, certainly available on Amazon, so you can go out there on that. And if you want to check out Loomis, it's just hit our website. Uh, it's theloomisagency.com, and uh, you can get in touch with me there and certainly uh, uh, take a look at all the, the work that our team does on, on the website as well. Certainly sounds easy enough. Of course, listeners, you can expect to find these links within the show notes of this broadcast as well. Mr. Sullivan, all the best, and thanks again for joining us here today on Enterprise Radio. You bet. Thanks, Eric. And you're more than welcome. We've been speaking with Mr. Mike Sullivan, the president and CEO of Loomis, the country's leading challenger brand advertising agency. He's also the co-author of The Voice of the Underdog, How Challenger Brands Create Distinction by Thinking Culture First. And for all the details, visit theloomisagency.com. This is Eric Dye, and you've been listening to Enterprise Radio, part of EPN, the Enterprise Podcast Network. Tune into our live location as we are streaming live 24-7 around the world at epodcastnetwork.com forward slash live. You can also find our live stream on iTunes Radio and TuneIn Radio as well as the TuneIn Radio app for your listening convenience. And as always, we thank you for your support and for tuning in. Thanks for listening to Enterprise Radio. To subscribe to more of our programming, visit epodcastnetwork.com. This is the ePodcast Network.